This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. Bez, what do you love? Well, John, it's a new sponsor and I'm loving it. For me, double quarter pound a meal. What are you having? Oh, it's got got to be the chicken nugget share box. To myself, there's no sharing, but well, to myself. That goes without saying. But what yeah. dip? Oh, barbecue. It's a barbecue dip. Yeah. But where can people get it? So, yeah, where can you get it? You can order via the McDonald's app. Um, it's via participating restaurants only. 18 plus. Rewards. Registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. So, see mcdonalds.com for full details. Welcome to the Alien Veil vale podcast. It is Thursday. Yes, Thursday, the 11th of January. It's back. The ramble is back. We're not reviewing anything. We're just going to ramble on. So, first of all, Bez, film review. We haven't haven't had one for a while. We haven't. I went last night to watch Ferrari. Okay. Is it about the car? Well, it's about Mr. Ferrari. Okay. So, yes, the bloke that ran the cars, etc., but I expect it to be more about Ferrari as a brand in the cars, but it was mis- it was about Mr. Ferrari. So maybe because I went in with the wrong expectation, it wasn't as good as I expected. But it was still worth the watch. It was quite slow, but it focused on a specific <laughs> patch of his life. Okay. But yeah, for me, it was worth a watch. But I wouldn't rave about it. There we go. And I think yeah. that's the only real film I've seen since we last did a film review, because... First one I've been this year. So, yeah, I think it is. But next week, I'm going to see Priscilla because that's on at Stoke. It hasn't been on at Stoke for the last two weeks, which is oh, obviously right. about Priscilla Presley and when she met Aldis, etc. Yeah. Don't let, don't let Joey Barton hear that's on. Joey Barton can fuck off. He can take Aldis's name out of his dirty mouth. <laughs> well, I'm surprised Sadio Mane's name's not been in his mouth this week as well. So. Oh, no, it has at one point, and then he had backtrack when he. The Daily Mail said that, oh, sorry, we've told everyone his wife was 18. She's actually 26. <laughs> Brilliant. Yeah. Shows you don't believe everything you read in the papers and see on Google and Facebook, kids. There you go. Don't Do believe your homework. Do your homework. Yeah. There we go. And we're joined by Andy. How are you doing, Andy? I hope, yeah, I'm I'm all right, thanks. Um, just, 
settling in at the new place. I've I've moved and I've moved completely at the wrong time of year. Uh, don't ever um, let your lease run out on the thirty first of December, whatever you do. Um, oh, and I'm only just about now settling down, unpacking, trying to work out what I've lost. I've set, lost a set of four screws, which I really need. Um, it's just all. Oh, oh. You've moved out, haven't you? You know what it's like. Yeah, it's pain in the pain in the arse. I've always said if I ever moved out again, I'd pay someone. Yeah, it's it's looking like um, if I move out, oh, I'm gonna, I'm definitely not gonna have as much crap next time I move. I'm a bit of a hoarder. I've I've got a lot of, I've got a lot of records. You'd be surprised how much a crate of records weighs when you when you have them all in one place. Um. That's maybe a mistake buying a record player, and, and I've broken the needle moving it as well. So it's I'm just taking stock at the moment and trying to settle in and, and work out what the hell I'm doing. And if I sound a bit rubbish, it's because I'm um, on a hot spot from my phone and I've not got broadband yet. And what's a hot spot, not? Hot. Is that what they used to say? I can't remember. It was... Um, Top it was a show... bottom, where do you yeah. want to go? Strike it lucky, Michael Barrymore. Strike it lucky, Michael Barrymore. I think we should leave it at spot? that. Not, I can't remember what they used to say. Was to a good spot? A hot spot's not a good spot. Hot spot's not hot or something like that. What's a hot spot not hot? I, I, I don't know. This is like 30, 40 years ago nearly. It is nearly 40 years ago. I'm only 37, you cheeky shit. <laughs> Seven years ago then. Probably about 25 years ago. If... if, if Someone, someone will have seen it on Challenge recently. It's always, it's always on Challenge Day. Yeah, what a hot spot. And talking about game shows coming back or on thingies, this Saturday, BBC One, brand new series of Gladiators. Yeah, but Jet and Lightning aren't in it, are they? So it doesn't really count. I'm sure they'll have replacements, Johnny. Yeah, but it's, not, it's just nostalgia, isn't it? Like... I, I, was re- I was reading up against about them and like one bloke's trying to be Wolf. Like being a bit of a pleb, and it's like, mm. right. I should definitely give it a go. Oh yeah, I'll be giving it a go, but it's, um, it'll be interesting. Um, and I'm going to start up Andy's end anyway. You seen the news about Barry today? Yes, I have. Yeah. Like, I can't believe it. Like, it seems very extreme for for what it was, and given their reasons that they've cooperated at every stage and they've done everything that they can which for a non-league club that's you know you're mainly relying on volunteers and amateurs they they've done what they can i mean i don't know what they shouted and uh, what the two people in a crowd of four thousand no, i think you haven't really... read the report from the fa have you no i haven't i've read their statement no you need read the report from the fa christ it's a lot more serious than that it is but it's only two people but why on was it five, six different matches named in the report? Yeah, but that that was all on pre that was previous stuff, wasn't it? It wasn't all the same. So if anyone hasn't seen that, there's been some homophobic and racist abuse at a Berry game. But as Berry... well as physically attacking a referee or attempting to physically attack a referee from the crowd. Yeah, that was that was previous. though. Berry had been fined for that already. Just yeah, but it all adds up against the club. You yeah. hear that from the North Manchester lot, though, don't you? 
Yeah, no, were, for me, were playing against um, my local team, West Enterbury and Charlton, which is just around the corner. And um, yeah, and you always get one or two dickheads because it's South Manchester and they're a bit more sort of, you know, metropolitan hipsters. They're a bit more, they're not your typical one man and his dog sort of non-league crowd. Um, and most of the time it's just people, you know, taking the mick out of themselves, but one or two people take it the wrong way. And yeah, I, I, I don't know. It's non-league football. 99.9% of of Northwest Counties football is really good natured. Um, you, you get one or two pumped up um, idiots who are just aggressive because they're in the in the game and and the play. But you know, people who would go out of the way to be dicks. There's absolutely no point about it. I've I've been quite a few non-league games around um, Manchester. I've ticked off a few non-league grounds. Generally. You know, it's really welcoming. It's really good. You've got, um, it's just, you just, you don't need that sort of stuff. It's, it's not, not what non-league's all about. No, I agree. And for those that haven't got a clue what we're on about, she haven't seen Betty have been forced to play behind closed doors, I believe now for a certain period of time. Two, two, two home games. Yeah. Two home games. Two home closed games. Doors. Yeah. And it's, it's not just the one instance. It's a, there's been four or five different games this season where the crowd have caused trouble, whether it be racist remarks, homophobic remarks, remarks, whether it's trying to attack a referee, etc. And for me, bang on. The club, if it was a one-off game, you could say, well, they haven't given the club opportunity to deal with those individuals. For it to happen time and time again, the club aren't dealing with the individuals. So, therefore, everyone else has got something. All four <sighs> Mm, see, I, I'm, I'm not, I'm not with that because some of some of the instances in there are for for running running on the pitch and stuff like that. And you you can't you can't label them in the same in the same box. Throwing flares on the pitch. Yeah, but every, like every club when they do a flare, that's where that's where it ends up. It's yeah, but it's not just a one-off event at Betty, is it? They've had numerous different things. Like say, I think there's two or three different games where there's been homophobic remarks. Yeah, I, which I'm, I'm that I get that. And it's that that sort of thing. You need to identify the people responsible for. I, I still don't think punishing the other 3000 people is is the right way to go about it. I think they give the club opportunity to deal with it. The club haven't. Therefore, the FA have had to deal with it and what else can they do? Let's be honest, early in the season, can you remember that? Was it the first home game of the season where a drunk bloke in about his 40s, 50s ran on the pitch, turned to Ramel Road, gave it a fist pump and ran back in the crowd? Can you remember him? He was completely yeah, out. Yeah, yeah I mean, he walked, down the, he, he walked down the um, the aisle past me uh, in, in the first half carrying a full <laughs> pint. <laughs> Not even like trying to sneak it in. He was just sort of bold as brat. He he was pissed as arseholes. He didn't know what was going on. He thought he could just walk to his seat with a pint like he was going to cricket. And <laughs> and, 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 and the steward stopped him, like turned him round, and he's like, what? What's, what's the problem here? And yeah, he, he goes on the pitch, celebrates a disallowed goal when Jakovic at that cracking off volley. And... <laughs> And and he, he didn't really understand what was going on. It, it was strange. I don't um, think he knew where he was, never mind what was going on. But in fairness, Vale, they identified him. 
and give him a ban. And said, you can't do that. Why haven't Barry been doing this? Well, Barry, 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 this this time around, Barry have though, haven't they? So what? So how do you know they haven't for the other times? That's the thing. That's what I'm getting at. Like, unless unless you're 100 percent certain that Barry, the other instances haven't banned people, which for clarity, I'm not certain. I don't yeah, know. Whereas that. they've turned around this time in their statement that they've released through their themselves. They've turned around and said they identified the people, they identified the incident, they reported themselves to say this has happened. Right, I haven't read theirs. To be fair, I've only yeah. read the FA report. So that, well, that's 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 thing. So from that, from their side, they look like they've done everything possible in that instance, and that's why I think it's unfair. I think I get what you're saying. If Barry had just gone, not our problem, and not dealt with any of it, and yes, the repeated stuff that there was five or six things that that was in the FA's report, and some of them, some of them are hilarious. Some of them are like damn right disgraceful. Yeah, it that's that's what that's where the that's where it stems from. We we've all seen clubs get charged for ridiculous things, and some of them in there are are ridiculous. Like celebrating on the pitch. Um, I think that was the Oldham game. It's right. like celebrating on the pitch when they didn't they didn't really do anything other than go on the pitch because it was a I think a late winner or equalized something like that. But it's just. I get it, yeah. but it's them sort of things are daft. And to clarity, the Ailen Vale podcast is not condoning people running on the pitch to celebrate a goal as it is an illegal offence. Even though Bez is just, even though Bez will 100% laugh at you hysterically if you do. <laughs> Especially if he's a disallowed goal and you're pissed as horses. <laughs> and you're on your own. Yeah, yeah I think it might just be a, a short shot shock for them i think when i imagine it's a bit of a culture shock when when you're a fan of a league club and then all of a sudden you've got to start again from the bottom and you've got to sort of respect the culture of of non-league and and all the clubs and all the volunteers and all that sort of things that go on and you can't just go around being being a dick and and taking the piss out of other clubs so it's maybe just just a way of saying look you're you're in non-league now You, you you know better or worse than any of the other clubs in your league. You just gotta um just just behave, really. Yeah, and it's probably a way to get the fans to South Police. Because if you're a fan that isn't a knobhead and you're now pissed off because you're going to miss two own games, if you and see people doing it around you, you're going to be like, right, shut up, I had to suffer last time because of you. Either get out or pack it in. Yeah, well and the two big home games if they're the next two. Like oh, two, well, yeah, two massive games. Like, I think they've said um, with Ensure they're, they're allowing fans in. It isn't in fact yet, yeah, but I don't know. I, I was reading the statement and trying to work it out. Oh, oh it's because it, with Ensure's next one, isn't it? In that, in that top versus second. It's something second. like that. Yeah, with Ensure are, are decent. They used to be with Ensure Amateurs, but I think they changed the name over the summer. They, they've got a very good setup. I think a bit of money's gone into them. They play at um, Holly Hedge Park in Withenshaw. It's, it's quite a new clubhouse, big, big space, good, good setup. Yeah, it's that. Well, that's second versus third. That is so they're allowing fans in for that one. Did you say? I think they said on on Twitter that they were still expecting to be able to let fans in for that. So, so it'd be Ramsbottom and Scal- Scalmersdale then, which yeah. 
Yeah. Okay, fair enough. I think I've Scam seen Scam play, and I thought they were atrocious this well, season. Yeah, they're bottom, so. Yeah. I think, were they relegated out of the league above last year for, it might have been the pitch failing a bounce test or something. I can't remember. I get I get team names mixed up in my head these days. I did, um, first day, game of the season, I went to see um, Cole play. And uh, it was Vince Overson, ex-Stoke, was uh, Colin's assistant manager. Yeah. All right. Which was, yeah, it's funny, that... funny who pops up. Yeah, there, 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 is some, there is some funny names. Talking about funny who pops up, have you seen who's popped up in a Burton dugout now? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Martin Patterson. One of our awesome. worst ever strikers. <laughs> and, that, and that's saying something when we're debating the Uch, Uch and Loft recently. <laughs> Exactly. I mean, you could copy paste Stooch and Loft and, and just replace it with Reg and, and Patterson, really, because it was a similar sort of, you know, who starts, who do you bring on a sub, who's, who's who gets better because they're out of the team and the other one's been playing. It's a similar sort of situation, isn't it? Yeah, he was he was very bad for us. Very bad. That's being kind. Yeah, that is being kind. But yeah, I'd, um, I'd take Uchin Loft over him every day of the week. Well, yeah, but it's, yeah, it's, well, we'll see if he's a, a better manager. He's had, I'd say, relative success as an assistant. Like, Where's he been assistant? Uh, Michael Duff with uh, Barnsley, and then obviously Swansea. Didn't he go to the MLS or something to coach? Yeah, I think he ended up there for a little bit, and then come, I think Duff brought him back when he went bar- when he left. Right, um, yeah, yeah. Where Cheltenham wants it because his his assistant at Cheltenham was the Burnley, um, oh bloody hell, I can't remember his name. Burnley, the Burnley winger who ended up staying for a little bit. I think he had, I think he took the manager's job. Wade Elliott. Yes, that's him. That yes. that was tough assistant then, and he, I think, then he brought Patterson back from America because that's where he'd been playing somehow. Yes, he did. He went over there after us, didn't he? After he played yeah. for us. We went somewhere like the Tampa Bay Rowdies, I think. Somewhat like that. And yeah, let's not get into the discussion about assistant managers becoming managers tonight. This isn't the pod for that. <laughs> this isn't the pod for that, no. But talking about things coming coming through doors, ex-players and stuff, Tom Conlon's now an ex-player. Yeah. So it's, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm torn. I'm, I'm, I'm torn on it. I like Tom. He was brilliant in League Two. Um, injuries and stuff for the past twelve months haven't really helped him. And I think we've been a bit shit with him this year. Um, and I, st- I stand by that. I, don't, I, kn- I know that we had this discussion at the start, and people were like, "Oh, numbers nothing," but captaincy number. And then now he's sodded off. It, it, it's obviously the writing was on the wall for him. So. I wish him all the best. Um, I know I've hammered him quite a bit for for only having one foot, but still was a real good servant for us. And I think he'll he'll be a real positive asset to all them. Do you want to go next or, or what? You <laughs> go, Andy. All right. No, no, I, I completely agree. Um, I think it's easy to use a phrase like, you know, it's good at League Two level as though it's some sort of damning with faint praise, but it isn't. John McComb was was a very good servant to Vale at League Two. When we got promoted, he moved on. Tom, you know, he, he 
obviously played his best football for us in League Two. He wasn't horrendously out of place in League One, but it was just he maybe just got found out against the the bigger and better teams who who forced him on his right foot, and every sort of little easy square right football for him became a, a an awkward shaped sort of outside of the left foot um, pass. He, he he did really well for us. I mean, he he's been a great servant to the club, as as we've all said. He um, came when we were in a bit of a um, tough situation, I think. You know, we, we were struggling for a decent midfield. We just had a season of um, Pew and Tong in the middle. Um, and I remember he came for that friendly, I think it was Blackpool, I can't remember. He did just sort of a trialist that day at game. He was really good. I think he, he, he was trying not so that hard for a contract that he did his hamstring and he didn't make his debut for us until Forest Green that October. Um, and, yeah, there were a few times in his first season where I thought it was a bit hit and miss, you know, it was a bit of a mixed bag. But then he seemed to just grow into it, became more consistent, started becoming a leader that um, to what, just before we got locked down and that season ended, he was playing some of his best stuff for us. Then he was a great player in the lockout season. Then he took it on to um, the first half of the promotion season. And he probably, you know, he deserved his day at Wembley. And it was a shame that he didn't really get it. And he had to come up on the, um, on the, on up the steps, um, you know, in, in his suit or, or his T-shirt or whatever it was. You know, he didn't, he wasn't one of the players um, but yeah, really, you know, good player, good servant. I, I, I wish him well. I'm, I'm glad that it's ended because because it was dragging on the way it was going on. He'd clearly been frozen out. It wasn't a very good look for the club to, you know, when we've had been that stretched in midfield to to not have him anywhere near the squad. So I'm, I'm glad that side of it's not dragging on anymore. And um, yeah, if if everything goes well for him, uh, Oldham, who seem to be well positioned to make a late playoff push, they could be um, they could have a decent second half to the season now. Yeah, agree. And for me, time, Tom, and time has come on his veil career now. And great servant for the club, wishing nothing but the best. Totally echo what you two have both said. League two, absolutely outstanding for us, captain of the promotion-winning team. No one will ever take that away from him and he'll be part of Vale history for that. I agree with you, Johnny. I think he's been shit on the season a little bit. Now, we don't know what's going on on the training pitch or behind closed doors. The only people that know is Crosby and Conlon. Now, that's not me saying I think Conlon has been unprofessional because I don't see Tom Conlon ever being unprofessional. I think Andy Crosby just didn't fancy him. And if you don't fancy a player, you have to move him on. I think that's what's happened now. I don't think he's been given a fair crack since he got injured. And I don't think we've seen the same Tom Conlon since he got injured. But that's because he's played the odd 20 minutes here, the odd game here. He's never been given a chance to prove himself. I fully expect him to go Oldham. And I hope he's fully over the injury and he proves himself. Because Tom Conlon's way too good for playing conference football. And I hope he gets Oldham out that league. And good luck to him there. But yeah, great servant for the club. Wish him nothing but the best. And... I agree with you, Andy. He had to move on. He had to come to an end because he couldn't carry on the way it was. When you're putting kids on the bench instead of him, it's obvious the writing's on the wall. His time's up at the club and different managers fancy different things. I'm sure if Daryl Clark was still here, he'd be ending around the first team. 
Andy Crosby doesn't fancy him. And let's be totally honest, for most of this season, he wouldn't have gone in that midfield. It's only when we've had injuries, but then he should have been given an opportunity to prove himself. And then he says, shirt to lose. And I don't feel he was given that. But obviously there's reasons for that that we don't know because we don't know what goes on behind the scenes. But yeah, just to wrap it up, all the best to Tom and go and smash to Oldham and bring them back into the league because they're a proper league club for me, Oldham are. Yeah, I, I agree. Like, apart from the fact that it's the coldest ground in the world, it's yeah. they're, they're, they're a proper league club and they, their, their ownership was really shit recently. So, like, we, we that could have easily been us. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we'll wish, wish him all the best and hopefully, hopefully has a good, a good return to the football league sooner rather than later. But, one door closes, another opens, and I think this is more Oli Arblast replacement, but Jensen Weir has come through the door. Yeah. Now, I've had someone do a scouting report on him. Okay. So, my brother's father-in-law is a Blackpool season ticket holder. Oh, he is. We met, we met him at Blackpool, didn't we? We well, did. We met him in the pub for a drink with us. Yeah. So, yes, him. I remember him now. Yeah, he spoke to you, Andy, and he was very complimentary on you on the Blackpool podcast. Yeah, oh, right. So I said, hey, up, Phil. Anyway, sorry, okay, go on. Mate. What's your scouting report on Jensen Weir as we've just got him on loan? So his report as a season ticket holder at Blackpool was, we were really disappointed and underwhelmed. He came with <laughs> rave reviews and didn't produce. Hopefully he can be another Ben Garrity for the Vale. We're just delighted Jordan Rhodes is staying. Had a great day out at Knott's Forest on Sunday. and hope that sets our stall out for the remaining fixtures. Cheers, Dan. So that was a review from Blackpool. But as we know, certain players at some clubs don't fit. They do with other clubs. He got 10 goals in a relegated Morecambe side, which to me says that's a bloody good player to get. 10 goals from midfield in that side. And now this kind of new look veil since Crosby's been under pressure where we're playing more attacking football, especially at home, he should go and bag goals for us. So, yeah, really looking forward to seeing him. Yeah, well, he got five assists as well in the Morecambe team. So, that's, yeah. that's 15, like I say, 15 goal involvements from midfield in the Morecambe side. It could be quite exciting. And yeah, well, Crosby said, didn't he, in his last interview, that Garrity was a long-term injury now. And obviously, yeah. we don't know specifically how long long-term it is. But if Garrity's going to be out long-term, someone's going to have to replace his goals, aren't they? Well, yeah, someone is. Um, yeah, Andy, what are your thoughts on him? Don't know much about him other than I remember him mentioned last season. And um, he, he was he must have been good against us last season because people were talking about him. And it's it's a name that somewhere, when, as soon as I heard his name, he's like, yeah, I've heard of him. He's supposed to be good, isn't he? So... Um, happy with it um, ticks a lot of boxes obviously wasn't getting enough of a game at Blackpool that they needed to move him somewhere where he could get a bit more football and it's just the challenge will be um, getting getting that balance right in the midfield now um, maybe one maybe another body in the midfield still to come and we've got to work out um, who does what and how we um, get it all just, just, just get the right mix in the field is what you would need, isn't it? Yeah, that balance, that balance is key. So, and we, we, we kind of know that Alfie's got his place. It's, it's now, 
the, the positions around him, you'd probably say there's only one space at the minute because Chislett's nailing down what seems to be that number 10. So it's the, the other place next to Alfie, which will be interesting because there's like, quite a few injuries at the minute in the middle. Funzo still out. Ben's out. So could be a, be a debut for the lad at the weekend. Yeah, Sang cobbled off, which um, is a bit of a worry last yeah. Saturday. And and um, yeah, I forgot about Sang hobbling off. So yeah, there's quite a few, quite a few casualties in the middle. Um, cool. So that's that's them two things boxed off. Next on my list, supercomputer. Tadis Tadis finishing fifteenth on fifty three points. They've predicted. Would would you class that as a successful season, Bez? What did we finish on last season? What points wise? Yeah, forty nine. No, I wouldn't. Then four points better than last year. Now I wouldn't consider that a successful season. I'd consider that slightly below par, if I'm honest. I'd agree with you. I think points wise, it's a bit below par. Fifteenth isn't a, a bad position generally, but. I mean, it doesn't necessarily tell the story of the season. And I think there's a good chance that unless we score a hat full of goals, we'll probably end the season with a negative goal difference. And so we're probably going to, if, if we're finished on the same points as two or more teams, we're going to be at the bottom of those. So, yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd hope I'd, I'd be open for somewhere near a 60, really, to have a decent second half of the season. Um, but I was going to say 56 plus, yeah. And I but, know that's only one more win than 53. I totally get that. But 56 sounds like three points more than 53. Is. Yeah, I mean, you never know what you need to stay up in in League One because four teams go down, and you don't know. Last season, we had what three teams who finished on 90 odd points, and um, I, I think. It wasn't a particularly high um, total to stay up. Uh, the year before that, I think Fleetwood stayed up with the lowest points total um, in, in League One's history. So um, you're never quite sure. We we went down with the same number of points in 2017 that we got last season. So um, it wasn't necessarily a successful season last season. We need, we need to be aiming for a little bit above that. We need to give ourselves a buffer so that we're not, you know, we, we've got, what was it, Wigan and Bolton last two away games, and then um, who've we got last game of the season? Cambridge. I can't. That's it, yeah. We, we want to be, we want to be safe by then. We want to be enjoying our football. Yeah, and the supercomputer got Carlisle going down as well. Yeah, obviously it hasn't taken into consideration signings and such like. But... Exactly. Yeah, they're going to give it a good go, aren't they, Carlisle? Right, for the love you yeah, they look like they're giving it a good go based on today. Just signed Harry right. Lewis from Bradford. It was going to say they've signed the goalie from Bradford as well, haven't they? That's four they've brought in now, I believe, this window. Yeah, they, they, they all feel like they needed it, so... Oh, God, yeah, they were poor when they beat us. Yeah, so we get that. Yeah, and obviously the players have got settling and it's all right spending the money. You've got to spend it right, which on paper, it looks like they've spent it right, but as the old saying goes, Johnny... Football's played on grass. That's it, not paper. Yeah. But yeah, so 15th on 53 points then. Both of you would be a bit bit underwhelmed by it. And I think it's fair to say. 
What are we now, 30 now after the point against Charlton? Um, yeah, I think so. I think we are, and I haven't looked. I think we are. So that's 23 points between now and the end of the season. Now we need more than that. Yeah, it doesn't it don't, it don't feel enough, does it? No, no, especially, and I know we are upon about it, and people will hate it, sport it, but we've won three out of the last 18 in the league. Yeah, so to, to pick up 23 points in this, this next half is, is less than 10 wins in that. So it's like... We've we've got we've got to we've got to show improvement massively. Yeah, but to pick up twenty three points in the rest of the season is absolutely a big improvement on the last eighteen games. Yeah, but it's still less than a. It's just over a point a game, isn't it, from this position? Yeah, which on the last eighteen we're way under a point a game. Yeah, but how many have we drawn in that eighteen? Do you know, we've won three, so that's nine yeah. points. Well, I, don't, I can tell you the last 15 games. What's Don't happened? Well, last 15 games, we're on 13 points. Yeah. yeah. So, so to get 23 points in the remaining, how many games have we got left now? We're over halfway, aren't we? Yeah. We've, got, we've played 25, so we've got 21 games left. Yeah, so you've got, it's actually better form than we've been in the last 15 games to get there. It is, but it's still not. Still wouldn't be good enough. No, agree, agree. The, the, the finish would be. Don't get like fifty. Looking at the other teams in and around there, we we'd be comfortable with about three games to go. Mm. So, like that side of it, I'd be fine with. But it, some, some, it's, it's got it's got to be better. It's got to be better. Yeah, agree, agree. I, I, like I say, fifty six upwards, I'd be happy with. Since um, the since the Burton defeat. Uh, we've drawn five games. So one of them's Cambridge, um, then Stevenage away, Lincoln away, Wickham away, and uh, Saturday 3 3 Charlton. So that's 14 points out of 18 games. Yeah. There we go. So. I mean, yeah, we shouldn't be. We we should look at you know, as long as we don't go on a hideous run like we did this time last year. We should be looking at a few of the games that we've got, particularly at home, that are winnable. You know, we've got in the next month we've got Fleetwood at home, Lincoln at home, um, Stevenage at home. That's going to be a bit trickier. Portsmouth at home, Wickham at home. There's 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 a few winnable games there. Uh, and away Fleetwood, you've got Red. Fleet, yeah, Fleetwood got away. So a couple of teams in the bottom four already. Um, Peterborough might be a bit of a write-off. Um, so yeah, we just need to keep the points to- the points ticking over. Really, I mean, on paper, ten points in December was a very very good return, wasn't it? Yeah, on, on paper it was like very much. Yeah. So. <laughs> but it's, it's funny how things came to a head in December about how bad things were going. And mainly, it was a lot of griping about the cup games. In the league, results sort of turned for the better, even if we weren't necessarily enjoying ourselves. Yeah, we played nine games in December, didn't we, in all competitions. And out of the nine, <coughs> my eyes tell me only two of them were any good. And that was Wickham at home, uh, Wigan at home, rather, and Blackpool at home. Both cup games were a write-off. I know we beat Exeter, but that was shite. 
we got a point at Wickham, but that was even worse. We lost uh, Carlisle was January, so that's the last 10 games. But I'm not going to sit on here slating sort of what's going on on the field because what's the point? We need to regroup, see what happens on Saturday. We've now lost our blaster we knew. We've lost Thomas, which I'm sure you'll get to. But we brought Weir and let's see where we're at and if we can play some good football. But it certainly feels like it's all coming to a head from the fans' perspective. And I think fans voted with the feet last home game. Yeah, and I think that's a good a good time to obviously bring up the fact that there's the, the club forum coming up. Um in two weeks tonight, two weeks, yeah. Yeah. So there's club forum coming up with Carol, Matt and Flickcroft. Um, and I think that that's going to be a real good chance. Um, club have announced today they've reached capacity, which I don't think's happened on any of the other forums. No, I don't think it has. So I think that shows a bit like what you've just been saying about the fact that people are unhappy and there's been some voting with their feet. And I think this is going to be a chance for people to have have a have a have a discussion about what's gone on and hear from their side and. And hopefully we'll find out some information around what's going on in, in terms of the plans for the future. So that'll be quite interesting. I know, Bez, um, you're you're going, I'm going. Yeah. Uh, I think Steve is. Um, Andy, are you down for it? No, no, I didn't get a ticket and now, uh, well, now I can't go. So, you know, it's one of those things. Hopefully they'll put it online, they'll video it, they'll might even live stream it. We'll, we'll see if they managed to do that yeah well we'll see hopefully they do um and yeah and then obviously we've had the news this week that carol seems like she's stepping back a little bit and and matt's matt hancock's taking over as ceo and taking the reins a little bit more so that's that's been quite interesting to see where that develops um and obviously we, we we're not going to know what that looks like um for probably a couple of weeks but hopefully we wish Matt well. Um, yeah. And hopefully we find out a bit more about that on the night as well, about what actually that means in terms of job role, because we, we we knew that they, we knew his, his, his director role, what that covered and stuff like that. And it now seems like he's covering everything non-football side and linking in with Flickcroft on the football side. So, Yeah, I'm really interested to see how this works and, We've had Matt on here. I like Matt. Really nice bloke. Really knowledgeable bloke. Some people won't like us saying that, but he is. Um, I think he'll do a really good job. I'll be interested to see what ideas he's got for moving the club forward and how he does it. Really interested to see what the structure is now, because if Matt's CEO, is he now Flickcroft's boss? I don't know how that works, and that'll be interesting to find out on the night. Is he basically in charge of everything? Carol, it seems, is taking more of a step on the community arm which, let's be honest, in every business, play people to the strengths, and Carol's absolutely fantastic at that. And we've all said, and I hope the club continue, and I'm sure they will, the community side of it is unbelievable. Absolutely unbelievable. We're probably the envy of most, if not all, clubs in England when it comes to community side. I get a football club will always be judged by on-the-field stuff, and you've heard on the last month or so on the podcast, there's no one more frustrated than me at the moment. But community-wise, we've been fantastic. And just while I say that, obviously, I haven't had a chance to really say that much about my volunteering day on here from when I went to the foundation through work and did a volunteering day there. All the people in there, really good people. And the foundation building's buzzing all day with people coming in. They've got different 
sessions on for different people. And Jack Day looked after us. And a big shout out to Jack because absolutely fantastic at his job. And even my boss, who was with us, who isn't a football fan, knows nothing about football, was really impressed with Jack and the Vale and said, I can't imagine many football clubs are like that. We went upstairs and had dinner with everyone at half 12 and everyone got together and Jack really looked after us. And I've got to say, really impressed my boss as well. So big shout out to Jack. Um, but yeah, the football club off the field is in a really good place. And I think this structure will enhance that. Obviously, Clickcroft's gone full time by the sound of it, which he wasn't before, which can only be a positive. He can only get more done transfer-wise, etc. And Will it work? I haven't got a crystal ball. I'll tell you in 12 months, two years' time, but I really hope it does. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm with you. I really hope it works. And, and there's been a lot of news coming out of the club, and I know it's, it's, it's words at the minute, and people want to see actions. So that'll be interesting over the next three, four weeks in terms of this window. But yeah, I think long, long term, it's, it's good. And hearing him talk about the campus again and stuff like that is, is, is a really exciting way to go. Um, and we, we all acknowledge that as football fans, what happens on the pitch is your bread and butter. And Matt, Matt referenced that a couple of times in his interview today with Phil on Radio Stoke. So I think, I think that's, that, that's, that's quite interesting as well. So we'll see, we'll see what happens. And I think that's for me. Um, yeah, they, they hinted at one or two things with um, the campus or linking up with the council and the, the surroundings around Vale Park, which I assume means the, the training pitch and maybe dimensions. That'll be interesting to see. I mean, I, I listened through the interviews and, yeah, there was a lot of all the right noises. I, I don't know what it actually means in terms of substance I mean, without being cynical. I mean, it's just that, do you, do you remember going back to March, April when they announced the new structure Yeah. Uh, then? And I don't know if that means that a lot of it's out of the window now and we've changed it all again. So I, I, I just hope that, I suppose what I'm trying to say is, it's not so much what it necessarily means about how it works or it's just what will I see? What what will I get out of it as, as a supporter? Does it um, improve my match day experience? Do we move on off on the pitch? Do we move on off the pitch? Um, am I more engaged with the club? What, what, what will it, what, um, quanti- what what's quantifiable? What's, um, what, what will it mean to me basically? So, um, yeah, I'm cautiously optimistic and I just look forward to seeing um, what it means, what, what it actually means to me. Yeah, I don't think any of that's, that, that's unreasonable either. I think that's, I think the majority of fans will, will be doing the same thing with a lot of things that are happening at the minute. Like the, for the signing of Jensen Weir, for example, there'll be a lot of fans going, that's great, but let's see what he does. And that's the same as what you've just said about the, the changes, isn't it? It's, it's great hearing about it and a lot of good PR, but let's see what it means to the fans and how that improves the experiences and what it does in the next steps. So Yeah, just just iron out little things with engagement, supporter-wise, make sure you know we're all communicating with supporters' clubs, supporters' summit, actions are taken, things are done, acted upon. 
um, ticketing points, all, all them sort of little um, complaints people have got are just looped at, and it's just just, just try and find solutions. I think it just just and just just get people feeling engaged, and, and I, I don't know I don't know what's happened because I, I, it seems to be something a little bit wider than just the football where people are just starting to feel a little bit cold and, and alienated and I know one or two of us have, on here have been a little bit just just felt as though something wasn't right and I don't think it's necessarily the football on the pitch although it has been a bit pointless at times it's just it's just you know it's just about feeling I, I don't know I don't know what the word is it's just just about having the feels feeling like football Saturday was was great for me because I thought you know it was the first time in a long time where it felt like I'd actually watched a proper football match and I'd been emotionally involved. You know, we had the, obviously, you know, we fell behind three times. We got back. We had some terrible defending, you know, even, you know, just moaning about bad goals conceded at the pub. That's all part of the experience. And I felt like I'd watched a proper football match for the first time, probably since October, and, and that's just what you need as, as part of a football club to identify with is is things like that, you know, just... And I think we'd, something's been missing and the experience seems a little bit cold recently. And, and I don't know what if that's why people are feeling fed up about it, but it just feels as though something just hasn't been feeling like the usual ma- match day experience for a lot of people. And it's hard to put your finger on exactly why people are feeling a bit alienated by it all, but some something's not been right. I think, Andy, a large chunk is, and a lot of my frustration over the last couple of months has been the lack of communication. And now this has been announced, it may explain why there's been a lack of communication, because they've been busy doing this. That still doesn't forgive it. When things were going really bad, fans should have been sort of... They need communicated to them, as I've said on here, I get it's probably a lose-lose situation for the club because you come out and say, oh, the manager's got his full backing and then you want sacking. You look a bit like idiots and you come out and say the manager's under pressure and you're putting him up under even more pressure. But I think the fans have needed, you know what, we're fully aware that performances haven't been great, results haven't been great. We're doing things behind the scenes to address that. So for me, it was lack of communication. As I say, this may explain it. Matt isn't an idiot. Matt's been at a football club for 11 years before he comes to Burton. He knows how the club's ran. He knows how important the fans are. Talks about communication, and I'm sure we'll see now a much better communication from the club. And if not, we know who's in charge of it. So there's a clear pathway now. If you're unhappy with the football, it's Dave. If you're unhappy with communication, etc., it's Matt. There's two people there that have got full responsibility. And to me, that's only a good thing because it's now clear guidelines of who it is. Whereas over the last two months, you've had people aiming frustrations at Matt, people aiming frustrations at Flickers, people aiming frustrations at Carol, people aiming frustrations at the media team, whoever they can get their hands on. Whereas now there's a clear, this person, Dave, is in charge of everything to do with football. That's his remit. That's what he's in charge of. Matt is in charge of everything else, communication, etc. So there's two people there. They know what their duty is. There's good people at the club, working at the club, that want the best for the club. It's up to them to get the best out of them now. Yeah, I think that's a perfect way to end that bit, bit isn't it? Like you say, there's there's good people at the club that want the best for the club, but 
let's hear what let's hear what the 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 role entails and and how it works and the i suppose the measurables of of it like like andy mentioned of what what is what is he going to be responsible for and what's he going to do for me in a selfish point of view yeah so, people want us to more than happy get Matt back on here and have a good pod with him about what his new responsibilities are, what his plans are, etc. Obviously after the club forum night, because that comes first now, let's get that out of the way. But I'm sure Matt would be more than happy to come on and we can get him on if people want to hear that. Yeah, definitely. And I think it'd be it'd be good anyway to chat to chat to him once once obviously the the forum night's been done and, and such like so we can see what's what's next so yeah um right we were asked to do something during christmas and we just haven't had time because of the because of the backlog of games i've already took my tree down now johnny you can't do that well i can i'm gonna i'm gonna deliver you a present we were asked to judge flitcroft signings is what we're asked to do and i'm gonna Keep it short and sweet for you both. I'm not going to ask for war and peace on any of these players, but I'm going to go through a handful of the players. I'm going to tell. I'm going to go through every player that we signed, and we're going to stop on just a handful of players just to just have a bit of a discussion on whether it was, in your opinion, both of you, whether it was a success or a, or a failure in terms of the signing. Um. And we're going to start at one of his first signings, which was James Wilson. So, Bez, in your eyes, success or failure? Are we going back to League Two days or this summer? Are we on about? No, this 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 is every signing he's made. We'll be we're touching on so success one hundred percent. And I know he's been injured a lot. One hundred percent success. Yeah, Andy, where, where for you? Um, when you say signing, do you mean the original signing or when we signed him as a free agent um, in the summer? Original signing this time round. Uh, yeah, success. Um, he's yeah, he's, he's obviously he's had his injuries, but um, even when you factor that in, he's he's done some lovely stuff. Um, yeah, I, I, I like James Wilson. Well, that's that's where I thought. So we'll, we'll keep we'll keep with the positives for for the start of it. Um, Tom Pet was the ne- was one of the next ones on the list. Failure. So- I was that for positive. Failure? No, I'm joking. It's just because you said we were sticking with positive and assuming you knew what I'd say. You, see, you, you, you nearly killed me then. <laughs> no, obviously success. Love Tom yeah. Pet. Yeah, there's much more we need to say on, on Pet. And similar to, to, to the next guy, um, everybody knows you love him best, so I'm going I'm to ask Andy. Um, Jamie Proctor. Um, weighing it up, probably... I don't, I don't know. Um, it's it's probably when you weigh up a two year deal, he's had one year in League Two where he was a success, a second year where he's spent most of it injured, and maybe not been particularly great. Um, I wouldn't say failure. I'd say sort of okay. If there's a third, wash your goddamn mouth out. <laughs> in in his defence, if. If you subscribe to the theory that we got promoted a year too early, then probably um, it's, it's not, you know, it, it, two, a two-year deal, 
And it wasn't even a two-year deal, was it? It was one year and then he got renewed. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. That, that, was, that, that was a weird thing about that one. Yeah. Um, we don't get promoted out of League Two without Jamie Proxy. No, no, I, I agree with that. He's just... No success. It's a crying <laughs> shame he got that injury at Sutton. He obviously Sutton away. Yeah, Sutton where we were in total control. He went because up and then we lost the game 4-3. It's not even the game. He was just absolutely flying then. He, he was... He was on such a good run of form. You look at the Orient game, I think the week before, a um, few other games where it was just absolute quality. I remember that, that second goal we scored at Sutton, that little sort of um, working to get, uh, I think Gibbo, um, a little triangle to get him to the byline, cut back, and he just strokes the ball home on his left foot. That was a beautiful goal, and we, we were playing some cracking stuff up until that day. And then we were never quite the same after that. But yeah, if, if we'd have kept him, if he'd have not gone off injured that day and we kept him fit and firing, we'd have gone up automatically, I think. Yeah, agree. Agree. And just on about goals, we failed to mention Tom Conlon when we were on about him. The Yeovil goal at home and the Bano goal away, you know, they'll go down and veil folklore. Uh, for, for me, Tom, Tom Conlon's a Mansfield free kick. Yeah, I can see why for me the other two were better. Yeah, they were better goals. I think the Mansfield free kick meant more. Yeah, and that's that, that. That's the only reason that that Mansfield free kick just just felt like it meant more. It did because it was promotion season. The other two weren't promotion season. I don't. No, they definitely weren't because Barrow was behind closed doors. Yeah, and Yeovil was a long time back. Yeovil was a long time back. But yeah, so yeah, it meant more Mansfield. But them two goals will always go down in folklore. And Jamie Proctor, the Sutton bicycle kick at home. We'll go down yeah. and throw floor. And to be fair, the late Nordian goal where we were 2 1 down going into Addy time and won it 3 2. Yeah. That's it. Conlon, Exeter away in, in that green kit. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, that was a great free kick. I remember, you know, the little one he just um, sort of chipped up and down over the wall away at Crawley. That was after the lad got, was that the one where the lad got sent off? And... Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That that one, I'm never normally confident that we we're going to score a free kick, but that day, as soon as he lined that up, he was like, "This is it. In. This he's going to get this up and down, and he's going to go in." And you know, just we're not a team that scores a great deal of set piece goals, but when when we, you know, when when something's going in, you it's like Michael O'Connor at, at Coventry. When when something's meant to be, you, you know it, and, and that, as soon as he lined that up, I knew that was going in. Yeah, definitely. So, going to go on the first, which I'd say was a bad signing, but it'd be interesting to hear your two. Aaron Martin. The best one. I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you with Aaron Martin first. Neutral. 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 He did. Okay, and what we probably needed him to do, and then we got rid of him once we got promoted. But he certainly helped us to get promoted. Fair enough, Andy. Um, not a roaring success, but I don't think he's the failure, and I think he's a bit better than neutral as well. Um, that last minute winner at Barrow probably paid for itself, didn't it? Yeah. Um, he's he's all right, Aaron. He was a decent squad player in League Two. Um, he, he moved on uh, once we got promoted. He, he he did it. He did his job. Fair enough. You 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 two are a lot more positive memories about Aaron than I had. So 
That's um, that, that's um, next one. This 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 is this is going to hurt. Um, Brad Walker. <laughs> go on, go on, Pez. I love Brad Walker. I thought he was a great player, but overall, probably a failure. So let let, let me put it this way: we got money for him. So yeah. Is the transfer in total a failure or just his time at Vale Park? His time at Vale. Fair enough. Andy? Um, I think it highlights how difficult it is to um, to judge a success or failure when, when you sign someone and we go up and maybe you're not necessarily envisaged going up that early or... or see them as, as a League One week-in, week-out player. I mean, Brad Walker isn't a terrible player. He was decent, although he seemed to miss large chunks with, with injury. Um, he, he was all right. I'd say neutral. Fair enough. Um, sticking with you then, Andy, Mal Benning. Um, this is even though probably overriding... Memories of him will be, you know, frustration with him sort of towards the end. He was fit and he was available. He played a lot of games. He scored at Wembley. He, he's a success. Bez, anything to add to Mal? Oh, I'm thinking. I'm thinking. He's thinking. Success or neutral? He's certainly not a failure by any stretch of the imagination. But I think he's one that maybe didn't live up to expectations of what we thought he would come in and do. But certainly wasn't horrendous. The problem with Mal was he was either a 3 out of 10 or a 7 out of 10, wasn't he? And, but as you say, Andy, he'll always go down and veil folk and remember for Wembley goals. So I can't say failure, but I don't think he lived up to what we expected. So I'm going to go neutral. Fair enough. Um, another member of the current squad now, Dan Jones. Success for me. Mm, no, neutral, neutral. I've talked myself down. The fact he's still here says he's not a bad player. Has he been froze out or is he still injured? God knows. But I quite like Dan Jones. I know a lot of people don't, and he seems to be the target for some of the boo boys at times. But no, I think Dan Jones is a good player. He's certainly League One level for me. Neutral. Fair enough. Andy? When he's played, he's I think he's a success. He's just he's missed a hell of a lot of football. And I think that's that's probably what, what drink brings him down into a neutral is just just his his availability, his injury record really. He you know, he he disappeared for quite a long time um in the promotion season, reappeared for the Bristol Rovers game, uh wasn't a, a roaring success. And then he did he was unlucky when he got injured at Shrews last season, and and now he's sort of had a lot of, shall we say, bad injury luck. It's just, um, yeah, it, I think his quality when he's on the pitch. I know he he gets he gets some absolute dogs abuse. He gets moaned at. He's probably not a no nonsense defender. You can't really call him a no nonsense defender. There's a bit of nonsense about him, and I think people pick up on that and, and they don't particularly like him because he's a bit sort of, I don't know, he's a bit fancy. He's very laid back and I honestly think a fully fit Dan Jones walks into this defence. 
I find it I find it interesting that um last season um Dave Flickcroft did an interview and said that we massively missed Dan Jones and you look at all the XG against and if Dan Jones had been on the pitch then we wouldn't have had the end of the season we'd have had uh, because he was underrated as as part of what what we do defensively. So I don't think he would have been frozen out. Um, I, 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 I just don't know what's, what's happened, whether he's he's got stuff going on in his life or whether whether he's just had some really horrendous luck um, with, with injuries and illness. So I don't know. It's interesting. There's um, Have you seen Mark Bagley's just... An email's just dropped this minute Ooh. about injuries yep. and stuff. So I'm going to have a, you know... Bit of read of that. Um, I might yeah. save it to tomorrow morning for the commute, actually. I saw Bagger said it's out at nine o'clock, so yeah, that's that. But I honestly think Dan Jones at this moment in time, if he's fully fit, he's in before Yak and Barmer for me. Oh, yeah, he walks in, um, because you know, unless he's so badly out of form that he's worse than them at the moment, but um, that, that left side of the three is massively up for grabs now for anyone who. He wants to go in and, and grab it that shirt with both hands. Yeah, like the problem is with Dan Jones. We saw last year when he got he was out for a while, he come back and he was twice the man that he was when he got injured. Yeah. We haven't seen him at the moment, so then and Crosby did actually indicate on one of the interviews, didn't he, that Dan Jones been out for that long, he now needs to get fit again. Yeah, which which, which is understandable. Oh, which is, yeah, that's not a dig at Dan Jones by any stretch, it's totally understandable. It's just, yeah, there's a difference between getting fit again and then getting fit again. Yeah. Um, because, like I say, with the Dan Jones that went, was it was it Newport that he went one-on-one at home? Can't remember. I remember once he's... It was once, Bristol he's Rovers. Um, Bristol Rovers, he came on in the holding midfield. Wilson took the ball down, spun and played through ball to him and he just sort of didn't quite have the legs to finish it. Yeah. Didn't quite have the legs in a polite way. I like that. Yeah, in right. all fairness, he come on as an holding midfielder against Bristol Rovers. His first one back once, he was like putting a roundabout in your holding midfield. <laughs> he did. Um, moving on swiftly um, after after the roundabout comment, um, Ryan Johnson. You've got two answers to this, haven't you? Because as a football <laughs> player, you're an absolute complete failure. But the fact yeah. that we sold him on for a profit, a profit says success. And to be honest, as Flickcroft, director of football, you've got to say that if you can bring a player in that isn't very good and then make money on him, that's a success for a director of football. So as a footballer, a failure, as part of, we're judging Flickcroft's success. Come, Andy? Yeah, I can't really add anything to that other than maybe we just got a bit lucky that Dave Challoner um, <laughs> left Hartlepool to get the stop port job and, yeah. and fancy taking him off her hands. So, uh that was a stroke of luck. But yeah, in, in football terms, right? yeah, he, he, I don't know. He, he, he looked a bit scared, a bit clumsy. I went bolting in the trophy and I remember him just sort of, I don't even, I don't even know what he was trying to do. I think he just sort of ended up knocking the ball in front of him with his standing foot, not even trying to play it. And, and we got dispossessed and we conceded. He just looked a bit, a bit clumsy. Which was really strange because the Chef Wednesday friendly that we had, he was bloody brilliant that day, wasn't he, Bez? He was. He was unbelievable. And you thought, Christ, we've got out of a play, really. Yeah, I remember we, we were raving about him after that. Yeah. 
And then Northampton, the opening game of the season, it looked like he got a bloody caravan attached to him. He was that slow. Yeah. Bloody hell, that Sheffield Wednesday game. Yeah. I forgot about that. That was the first time I've been in a football ground for about 18 months. Yeah, it's packed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and he was, it was unbelievable that night. They put some real big challenges and it was like, oh, here we go. Yeah. We've got one hell of a centre half here on the hands. Yeah, and then Northampton, he was bloody atrocious. Yeah, and talking about Northampton, um, our mate who's in the FA Cup fourth round now, Lucas Covalan. Andy, you kick us off with Lucas. Um, that's failure, I think, when you, when you weigh it all up. I mean, he was was okay, but he wasn't massively brilliant. You, you analyse some of the goals we conceded. I don't think he was like really kept too many worldies out. I, I think, you know, temperament-wise, you look at the number of red cards he got, you look at some of the rushes of blood to the head, and, you know, we, we pulled the plug six months into a two-year deal, and we've had to sort of spend 18 months sort of loaning him out here, there, and, and wherever he can. So, uh Failure. I mean, yeah, he was, he, was, he was just about to turn into a bit of a cult hero and then he, then then it just turned sour, really. Um, I, I don't don't dislike the lad. It just wasn't what we needed, really, was it? No. Yeah, I, I agree with everything you said there. And I actually think, ability-wise, he was a much better goalie than we'd remember him for. However, he's always going to go down as a failure because it's his fault that we saw Thomas Oldie and Jack Stevens pull on Vale shirts. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, sticking in goal, Aidan Stone. Me Bad. first. Uh, do you know what? Positive. Wasn't for Aidan Stone, we wouldn't have got promoted. Aidan Stone made some big saves towards the end of that season. Probably, we ne- probably never expected him to be the number one, but actually, it says something that he kept becoming number one in Positive for me, Aidan Stone did his job while he was at the club. Is he in the same league as Conor Ripley? No. But while he was here, he was our number one for me. Yeah, positive. Helps us get promoted. Cool. Andy? Yeah, massive success. Um, I mean, whether or not he's, he's the best goalkeeper we've ever seen at Vale, um, that, that's a different argument. But he was signed to be a number two, signed to be a backup. He came off the bench several times and then came into the side when we needed um, to steady down the goalkeeping position. Um was a big part of the run-in that got us promoted. Um, so he's massively overachieved on on what we um, were expecting to get out of him. I think when yeah, when we, you sign a player like him, you expect, you say, okay, you need to sit on the bench most of the time, maybe come in for a few games here and there with injury or suspension, um, the odd cup game. And he came in and did a hell of a lot more than that. Um, so, yeah, he overachieved on on what probably he was expecting to do, and he's he's moved himself forward to a position where now he's um, well. I, I know he's maybe sharing the the number one jersey. He get he in and out of the side, but I think he's more of a number one than the other lad, isn't he? Well, they just signed another keeper, not County, so I don't oh, have know. they? Oh, yeah. Right, I don't know then. Do you know that Ashby Hammond that was that's a Stevenage? Yeah, a bit of a posh lad, isn't he? 
Yeah, his, bro- his brother that's that's at Fulham has just gone in there on loan. So that'll be interesting to find out um, if it's the new manager that doesn't fancy Stone or if something's happened. So it'll be quite interesting. Um, next, Andy, sticking with you, somebody that's very much split the fan base when he signed, Chris Hussey. Yeah, I mean... I don't think he was what we really needed. Um, I wouldn't say he was a failure, but I don't necessarily... He wouldn't have had him down as a success. I don't think we... I don't think he was the profile of left wing back we needed to strengthen the squad in January a couple of years ago. I didn't quite see him adding to the side in terms of what we did at open play. His main strength for me was that he was a decent set-piece taker. And I remember him playing against us for Berry a few years ago where he was a constant threat from corners and, and set-pieces. But sort of in general play, I just thought he was um, a little bit past it, dare I say. I, 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 I don't dislike the lad. It's just I don't really think he was what we got out of in what we thought we were going to get out of him or, or what we needed. I, I don't think he was the player we needed in that position. Yeah, I agree. I, I think overall you've got to say failure. I don't, I feel for him. I don't think we ever saw the best of Chris Hussey. I don't think he was fit when he was at Bale. Not fit as in because he wasn't getting himself fit. I think he was carrying niggles all the time. Um, so failure on that. But again, if you're judging it on Dave Flitcroft, I believe we got the money back we paid for him. So, in that sense, you've got to say success. Yeah. Um, and I think the thing, the thing is, I think what, for me, the Hussey thing is similar to what you said with Benning. He came with a high yeah. and just didn't live up, with, up to it. And I think that's kind of what made him harder to like than other players. And talking about players that were, were very easy to like next, Harry Charsley. Bez. Talk to me about Harry. Success for me. Came in halfway through the season with the job of getting us over the line. Added energy, work, great enthusiasm, coupling important goals. Got us promoted. Got a goal at Wembley. Obviously got chalked out for offside. Rightly so when you see it back. But yeah, Charles came in with the job too. Got us promoted. And then again, we moved him on, I believe, for a little bit of money. So success overall for Harry Charlesley. And he's one I don't think got a fair crack of it in League One. I think he could have played League One myself. Yeah, I, I 100% agree about that. I think he was all, all done by um, at the time because it seems like, was it, did he play the Exeter game and get brought off at half time? Yeah. The, well, away and then kind of never never to be seen again, was he? No, and yeah, he'd been coming on off the bench and making big impacts. Yeah. And he even I started thought... a few games and was one of the best players on the pitch. I remember opening day of the season against Fleetwood, he was my man of the match that game. Yeah. I thought he was the best player on the park. Um I think the last time I maybe saw him was, I think he came on as a late sub against Cheltenham when we were 2-1 up and he lost the ball a couple of times. He was a bit sloppy and probably you don't want, he was probably sent on to just see the game out and we ended up conceding a a last minute equaliser and we drew 2-2. I I don't know if that had anything to do with, because because that, that was pretty much it. I don't think we saw him again. But yeah, I agree for... You know, we signed in mid-season to add something to the midfield 
and, and when he came in and had a run of games, particularly when we were massively stretched, he did really well for us. And yeah, that goal at Salford away, um, yeah. that's my main memory of him. Yeah. Um, this next one's going to be quick, short and sharp, because if any of you have got a bad word to say about him, then that could be the end of the, the podcast. Um, it's the best on earth, Ben Garrity. Charge right at the end of the bottom game, Ben. Game bed. Obvious success. Go on, Andy Chief, please, not me. Um, yeah, it's it's a proper it's a proper signing, isn't it? In the sense that he was completely under everyone's radar, and he's come in and he's a he's a goal scoring attacking midfielder who who gets double figures a um, couple of seasons running now. Um, absolutely tremendous signing just proper old-fashioned bit of homework seeing something in a player that that potential and you look at his learning curve you look at you know he, he didn't arrive at Vale fully formed he's he's grown over the last 18 well, is it 18 months is it more than that um no it's um 20 whatever it's two two and a half years he's He's been absolutely sensational, and now we're at a point where you know you're thinking, how long is he out for? Um, are, are we do we need to worry about somebody coming in and making a cheeky bid for him? Because um, in in a team that doesn't score a hell of a lot of goals, he's got double figures by by New Year's Day. So that's that's a terrific return. Um, he's he's amazing, isn't he? Yeah. Echo everything you said there, Andy. And as you say, two out of three seasons now, he's got double figures. And we all know what Meatloaf said about two out of three. Um, he's been unbelievable for us. And if someone's come in with a cheeky bed, they can start off and come back with a serious bid because that lad isn't in for peanuts. If that lad goes, I want serious money for him. So, yeah, absolute quality signing, work rate, enthusiasm. Technically, we well, I certainly said when he come, not the best technically, and I think he'd probably stand by that he isn't, but he's worked on that hell of a lot, and he's come from a lad that couldn't get in Blackpool's side, and Oldham fans didn't rate him, to the best goal-scoring midfielder in League One and comfortable in League One. So, yeah, absolutely love Ben Garrity. That's probably one of his strengths, though, is that he isn't the best technically, and he's, he's come from a different background, playing at, um, you know, Warrington Town, was it? And yeah. a couple of other clubs. And he's not sort of geared to that academy school's way of thinking, isn't he? He, he goes about it his own way and, and he compliments, you know, the players who've got that academy background and, and probably need to know what triggers to make their runs and all that. He just goes, he's got his own way. And I think, I think that helps him because a lot of players can't read what he does because he's not doing things conventionally to the way that, all the all the kids that have come through the Premier League academies that are expected to behave. So it's just something completely different that, that teams don't know how to defend maybe in this day and age. Yeah, totally agree. Uh, Connor Hall, success, 100%. Alps has get promoted, massive part of the second half of that season in League Two. I still think he was adapting to life in League One and would have been more than capable of playing League One football once he adapted. But yeah, Connor all massive success. Didn't want to see him go. Wish him nothing but the best. But again, come in for what we believe little or no fee and got sold for okay money to Colchester after getting us promoted. And yeah, great play for us, Connor all. 
the goalposts have never been the same. Ha, they haven't. Anything to add, Andy? Not a great deal, no. I mean, just just the same, isn't it? Um, if if you're signing players to get promoted, to get you promoted, then you know if you struggle a little bit at the higher level, then then so be it. They've they've, they've got you there, which is what you're trying to do in the first place. Um, obviously, commuting was a thing. He might have settled into League One a little bit earlier if you know, if he, if he wasn't driving how many hours a day to from his home in Cambridgeshire. It's just one of those things. It did look like he was getting into a little bit of form just before he left us, though. I think Plymouth, was it Plymouth away, was one of his better games. Yeah, and Cambridge away, which obviously he didn't have to travel to because he pretty much lives there. Yeah, so, it's just, you'll never know, will we? But I, I think he, um, I, I would have liked to think that, you know, second half of that season, um, we would have been a better side. You know, we, we were a weaker side, Um Without him, you know, playing Aaron Donnelly at left wing, left um, centre back. Yeah, hundred percent agree. And let's not forget, I think the reason that makes him even more of a better signing is the fact he comes so under the radar when he signed. No one knew who he was, and we didn't expect that. Whereas, as you say, when Chris Ussie signed, Mal Benning signed, people have got big expectations. When Connor signed, we had an expectation. The first time we saw him, like God, we've got a player on his hands here. Yeah, well, we thought it was the, the striker from non-league, didn't we, that had scored a yeah. few goals. So, when, when, and then we saw it centre-half, we're like, ooh, OK, yeah. fair enough. Um, I'm going to wrap these four into one because I think the answer is going to be the same. So, Sammy Robinson, Thomas Holy, Joel Cooper, George Lloyd. Shite. Yeah, I don't, I don't think there's much needed to add. Andy, anything that you'd like to add to any of them four? No. <laughs> I think it's best left there. Um, and the only thing I will say about him is actually, you look at Joel Cooper, Sammy Robinson, and technically very good players, but obviously things just weren't right off the field for them. Yeah, well, yeah. Sammy Robinson's like, um, he, he was like um, your mate's mate who, who gets um, dragged into a five-side game because he's short of numbers. Um, best player on the playground, probably, but he just sort of he didn't look like he was... A football, I, I don't know, he just looked like a bit of a, a street player. Yeah, and again, we don't know what goes on behind closed doors and you hear some stuff about Sammy and maybe things went on that we don't know that made him the way he was and you can't blame the lad for that. Um, yeah, it's there we go. Kian Arrett. Cult hero, um, wasn't he? Cult hero. Yeah, cult he was on loan. He did a job. Um, he'll he'll view it as a success. I mean, he got to play at Wembley and he scored. Yeah, success without actually seeing as much of him as I think we could have done. For me, I think that's how I wrap it up. Yeah, I think that's fair. I think everyone fell in love with him after that first interview, didn't they? Yeah, and the goal against Brentford. Well, yeah, but even so, that that first interview, it was just. A lad that was dead happy to play football and my dad's rubbish. Yeah. <laughs> so. Um now moving on to top, one of Tom's two favourite players on the list, Dennis Politic. You could have you could have both times. We had, we had him on loan twice, so we, so we went back. First time success, second time failure. Question on the second time, the failure. Is that yeah. his fault? No. 
Daryl Clark never played him in his right position, never gave him a run of games. He didn't get the game time that he should have done. I agree with that one. Uh, that, that's why I, that's why I asked because I was like, I felt it was a bit harsh. He was a failure the second time based solely on him. So, but yeah, any- yeah. Um, what led to that is he always seemed like um, he didn't have a position. All he was was a wild card. It was just it was an impact sub. It's like things chasing the game, throw him on, and tell him to just produce something it doesn't necessarily have a a role in our system it was just when when the game was stretched and and the system had gone out the window what could he produce and he still i don't know if you see whenever he scores a goal he's it's on it's on twitter he's on the on all the social media somewhere like dennis politics just scored the screamer for whatever it is stower book arrest or whatever club it is he plays for now and He's a great finisher. He just never quite... He's not quite a winger, is he? He doesn't really sort of cross, you know, get get wide and and beat his man and put balls in. And he's not really a striker, so I don't know. Is he a number 10? He's never quite nailed down a position. For me, he's a scorer of great goals, not a great goal scorer. There you go. That's, That's where I add him. Yeah, but I mean, you know... Just, just some of the goals he scored, though, just <laughs> absolutely ridiculous. I mean, he's managed to round the keeper a couple of times and squeeze it in from an angle. I think Burton away, Barrow at home, then you know popping up for that cutback against um, Leighton Orient to to equalise. There were some great Dennis Politic memories. Yeah. Um, Lewis Cass, loan and permanent. Bez, I thought with you on Cass. Ooh, that's a toughie, that one is. That's a toughie, because actually, loan success, permanent failure. And again, he's another one that you might say probably not all his own faults on that. He hasn't been given the opportunity. So overall, I'd have to go neutral if we're combining them. Andy? Yeah, tough one. I think first loan spell, he was decent. Um since he signed permanent, it's not quite been a, a, up to the same standard. Probably if you weigh it all up against each other, it's, it's a little bit of a, a slight failure. Yeah, but, see, I'd be going failure because I, 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 I don't think he showed enough in League 2 to warrant signing. So I was quite surprised that we signed him. Um, oh, yeah. I mean, he, he's probably another one in the same boat as Conlon. Um, he's disappeared. I assume we're looking to move him on in the same way that we did with Tom Conlon. And maybe he just needs that to get his career going again. Yeah, and he's actually had some decent games this season. I can't remember what own game it was he started. He was up there for man of the match. Yeah. And then we brought him on, was it Lincoln away to try and see the game out? We didn't, and I don't think we've seen him since. Yeah, well, did he play he well against Burton in the cup? Was it at home? I'm trying to think if that was his really good game this season. Possibly, then he scored Burton away, didn't he? In the yeah, cup. but he's just one of those players who doesn't necessarily play badly, but then he has a mistake in him that tends to cost us, and that's what people take away. That's the that's the memory. Yeah, 
where he's yeah. actually on the ball going forward, he's decent, even at this level. Yeah, but games like Oldham away always stick in mind. Like yeah, with I, I didn't go there. I was best man for me, of course, and so I wasn't there for that one. Yeah, it's just stuff like that stick out where, like, he just, he was just really bad on that day. And, that, that's, and he's that's, got that in him, and he's got, he's tending to have a two out of ten. Yeah, and that's the thing, like, when he's, when he's bad, he's really bad. And that's, yeah. I think that, that, that's part of, that's part of my, where I'd go failure. Um, moving on to another lad that wasn't here very long with us, but I think majority of us would say success, Ryan Edmondson. Andy, um, he plugged away. I mean, he, yeah, he, he tried hard. He, he worked hard. He, he did what he could in terms of trying to be a, a bit of a target man and, and hold up play. It was just a little bit above him um, where he was up to. He probably needed a club that wasn't going for promotion in League Two, maybe. You know, he he got Carlisle in the end, which was a decent site, um, um, a, a decent sort of fit for him. But then they got promoted, and probably I I, I don't know. He, he I don't know. I think he needs he needed a bit more regularly to football. I don't think he's quite League One. Um, he he did as a job. I mean, he he was he came in on loan just to do as a job. Um. As a centre forward, um, maybe didn't score a great deal, but he gave us a bit of something. He he, he allowed us to, you know, he was a decent sub to have. Um, he came on at wing back one game, I think he was against Oldham, and got a great assist for Jamie Proctor. Um, the penalty against Swindon's. Let's let's not dwell on that. Um, he actually scored a decent penalty. I can't remember if it was a playoff semi or the final um, last season for Carlisle. Yeah, all in all, he's probably you probably have to put him as neutral, maybe slight success. I'm going against you. I'm going failure for Ryan Edmondson. Now, really like him, infectious, great attitude, great personality. But everything I think positive about Edmonton kind of come off the pitch. On the pitch, he worked hard, put himself about. I can't think of any big goals like we talked about Harrods, Wembley, Brentford. I can't really remember anything from Edmonton. And again, probably wasn't given the opportunity that he expected and probably deserved. So overall, I don't think he got that many minutes at all. So I'm going to go failure. I think we probably got. We probably weren't paying a lot for him. I don't know if we paid no. much of a loan fee for to Leeds for him. So he probably um, wasn't, you know, he wasn't not value. He was probably added some value in terms of he's a squad player, he's a young lad he could bring off the bench. He didn't necessarily contribute too many moments, but he did a lot of the sort of the unglamorous side of centre forward work because he was that sort of centre forward. He'd he'd try and hold the ball up for you, try and just take a bit of pressure off. Yeah, and I liked him, but I just think for what he actually contributed on the pitch, I'd probably go more failure. Yeah, so. I, I can see that. I mean, he didn't, he didn't absolutely shine, but no, but really liked him, and I'd had him back when we got promoted and said, give him a chance. 
because he got that work rate, personality, a uh, bit of pace about him, could hold the ball up. But as he's, he hasn't really set the world light at Carlisle yet. And again, really like him. Um, this next one's going to be interesting. Danny Amos. Who? Tom, Tom's brother. <laughs> yeah, got good hands of failure, hasn't it? Yeah. Was he I, six I think... months? Did he make one appearance in the pizza trophy or something? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, fairly. Uh, well, yeah. Um, then, Andy, I'm going to come to you next for Funzo Ojo. Um, probably, if you were saying it at the end of last season, I'd have said failure. Um, but it, he's had a he's had a very good season this far, and I don't know. It feels like he's settled in. Uh, he had his had his injury issues last season. Um, when he came in, there were times when he, he looked really frustrated. I think his sending off at Accrington was a sign of him being absolutely frustrated with the way things are going on. There were times when you could see he had genuine quality, but he wasn't using it. And I don't know if um, he was a bit disinterested or, or what was going on, but um, it's taken him a while to get going. And now I think we're seeing the player that he always threatened to be. I say now, not in the last few weeks since he's been injured. But, um, yeah, success. But he's taking him a bit of a while to to get to fulfilling, you know, the promise that that he clearly had but never quite delivered. Yeah, not a lot to add to that. I think Andy summed that up while they're benefiting from having better players around him this season and we're seeing the proper funds are. Yeah, um, so these next... Five, I think it is going all in the same box. Um, so you can imagine, you can imagine where we're going here. Um, Derek Agiaqua, Liam McCarran, Meepo, Jack Stevens, Thierry Small. Yeah, shite. None of them were shite. Move on. Yeah, then that was that was pretty 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 short and sharp and and quick with them. Andy, anything to add to any of them that you think that Bez has been harsh with? No, I mean, it's just it's just a very particular set of circumstances. We we signed a lot of players in League Two to get us up. They got us up. Um, what they do in League One, um, like I said before, it, it's hard to judge a player signed to be decent in League Two um, if if they not don't quite cut it in League One. They're a victim of their own success a little bit, but. Just, just the way the way things have panned out for us. There's been more successes than failures, and I think you know that that's reflected in in us being in a higher league than we were two years ago. Yeah, the only thing I'll say with Mipa, we got an important goal for his green away New Year's Day. Yeah, he did. But um, so yeah, here we go. Moving on to Gav Massey. Who is it? Go on, you, Bez. Failure. Oh, overall failure. Come in, another one that came in from a promoted side in Wigan. Expected big things from him. And we've only seen it in flashes. Um, if he played like he did last game, week in, week out, huge success. He's got to do that more consistently. I thought last year he was poor a lot more than he was good. And this year he's been better than he was last year, without a shadow of a doubt. 
we now need a consistent six months off being playing like he did the last game. But if you're judging it as of today, I'd go failure. He's got six months to change that. Interesting. Andy, anything to add on Gav? Um, yeah, keyword there is consistency, isn't it? Um, he just needs to find a level where even if he's not having his best game, he, he can contribute something. You look at what he's done in the last few weeks, he... Uh, Two very similar assists for um, uh, Garrity and Chisler against Stevenage and Wigan. Then he has one of his best games in a while um, last Saturday. And, you know, even then there was a little bit of a mistake where he, he sort of tries to be a bit over ambitious and, and we lose the ball and can see the third goal. He's, yeah, if probably considering he's his reputation um, way up probably what I'd expect us to be paying for him. I think he'd be on a decent wedge. He's probably not delivered value. Um, I mean, I, I can only estimate what I think he's getting, but I imagine it'll be one of the better earners and a, it's, it's whether he's delivered consistently for that to be considered a success he's, he's not an outright failure but he's he's not really done enough to to get to be what am i, what am I trying to say yeah you, you, you try and get value out of whatever money you pay for a player and if we play if he's one of the higher earners then probably he'd be considered more of a failure than a success he'd, he'd fall on that side of it yeah i will say that he's one player that has benefited well, not one player, as in he's the only one, but he's a player that benefited from a change in manage because you saw the end of last season, he was a different player under Crosby, and he's been better this year than he was for Daryl Clark. Yeah, and we we just need to get that better Gav Matty out of him more often than not, don't we? And... Yeah, and as I say, the Charlton game, he was incredible, and I listened to the pod he did, he was my man of the match as well. He was incredible, and if we see that Gav Matty between now and the end of the season, then we've got a decision make at the end of the season. Yeah, but... You, you've also, I think, you've also got to be fair and judge it on the whole as well. Yeah, so that that'd be a good one. Now, this next one's going to be. Gonna, Fresh, how many more is there? There's about twelve more. Lordy, yeah, we've been going an hour and a half. Yeah, don't worry. People have asked for this. They must be people have wanted a long one. Don't worry. The, the next, the ne- next few are only going to have a, a short bit. Oh, good. So, a lot of people have asked me for a long one and been disappointed. Exactly. Um, Alice Harrison. For me, success. Came in, did what we needed him to do. We were certainly weaker when he left for me. Um, and we got money for him when he left. So, yeah, success for me. Andy? Yeah, I, you probably side towards him being a good player. Whether we got everything out of him, we could have done is is another matter. I mean, we probably... I, I assume we, we would have made any fee that we got for him back. I don't know if we did, but... And um, we thought. Did we? All right. Yeah. Well, in that, in that case, he's not terrible. He's just... For whatever reason, he tailed off. He, he lost interest. And... I don't know. Um, that... When when you're signing a player, you want a certain type of temperament. You, you, you we try and pride ourselves on doing a homework on players, and for whatever reason with Ellis, it it just wasn't somewhere where he was happy. And is is that down to 
to him and his character or is it down to something that was going wrong at Vale that, that made him feel like he didn't want to be there anymore? Um, it was probably... wanted because obviously wait for Daryl at Bristol Rovers. Daryl brought him in. I wonder, and I don't know anything, but I wonder if when Clark went, he thought, I don't fancy it anymore, do you? Yeah, and, and that's probably a, a bit of a sign of how we've struggled to sign decent strikers. The only ones that that were anywhere near any good were, were Clark's own men, you know, and probably a bit damning for the rest of the recruitment, really. I think that's, I think, I think that's rather fair. Um, Will Forrester. So, uh, Andy, Will, on Will here. Um, yeah, um, success. Young player, not absolutely perfect. He still had one or two errors in him, but was far, far more good than bad. Um, it was a good profile of young, younger player. We signed for a fee and then sold on for a fee, um, probably earlier than maybe we would have expected to. But the offer came in, so we couldn't really um, ignore it. So yeah, success. Yeah, with you, huge success. Came in the little stokey bastard, did well for us, and then we sold him on for a huge profit. So yeah, success. So he's now he's now a big stokey bastard. Yeah, now he's now a stokey bastard. Yeah. Um, next two going to link together: uh, Matty Taylor and Dan Butterworth. Failures flattered to deceive. I think both. Well, certainly Matty Taylor came in with a big reputation, and he did okay in short, sharp spells. But overall, I don't think we ever saw the Matty Taylor that scored that trick against us away at Oxford. And Dan Butterworth again flashes a brilliant, but overall didn't do it consistently enough and often enough. So both failures for me. Yeah, I'd go along with that. I think Butterworth, you know, had, had, had his little moments where he scored great goals, but ultimately I don't think he was really um, fit enough to contribute anything, particularly when we didn't have the ball. Um, yeah, I, I, he's... Yeah, I'd, I'd, have, I'd have them both as failures. Um, but Taylor was a bit of a desperate signing on deadline day, wasn't it? Yeah, and by the way, I love Will Forrester, so me calling him a, stoke, a little stokey bastard is it in jest because I do like Will, I think he's a real good character. Yeah, um, and then last last one because we're not touching on this season's players just due to the fact that they've had less than six months and some haven't even had that. Um, Aaron Donnelly. So, uh, only one failure, failure. He did okay in a few games, but overall wasn't up to League One standard. Probably don't blame him for that. It's the fact that we lost Connor and then needed to replace with someone, and we went knocking on Forrest's door for a change. So, yeah, for me, failure. And as he ended up in Scotland, and I haven't really heard a lot about him since. So, yeah, never lived up to, well, he didn't have any art, but yeah, failure. Um, yeah, the only thing I'd say in mitigation is he probably thought he'd come in as a bit of a squad player, a bit of a sub. He ended up playing a hell of a lot of games, more than he probably expected. We, we threw him in right at the deep end, um, and it probably wasn't his fault. He, he struggled. Um, that was just the way the club was going a year ago. But 
Uh, yeah, I agree with you there, Andy. Yeah. Kind of foul victim to Dan Jones getting injured at Shrewsbury, didn't he? Yeah, because he came on at left wing back for Benning and looked all right. Yeah, in his opening game, yeah. shout them away, although we didn't have a lot of defending to do. He looked very good. Yeah. Yeah. I imagine if Dan Jones hadn't got injured and that was a couple of weeks after, um, then, he, then he would have been more of a bit part player, a, a, you know, a, a bench player or, you know, popping in here and there. But as it, as it turned out, he just had to, he had to play a lot of games and it's not really his fault that he was, he was thrown in. I think it was, it was, it was over his head. Um, it's probably a situation he didn't need to be put into. Fair enough. And that, yeah, like I say, we'll, we'll end it there. We're not going to touch on their season's players because um, they've only had six months. But what I will say is the the lone players this season have been remarkably better than previously, haven't they? So I thought is a success. Yeah, um, I, I imagine we're taking it more seriously in terms of uh, what we're doing with the parent clubs. And imagine, you know, for a lot of the talk about how we look after players, we do our homework and, and the, the clubs do their homework on us, a lot of it's down to loan fees as well. And imagine we're, we're stumping up a bit more money than we normally stump up or have done in previous years. And that's why we're getting a better quality of, of loan player. Probably yeah. the bottom line. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, look, money's always the bottom line. Yeah, you look at the loan players we had last year, and we've already touched on most of them. Mipo, McCarron, Small. Uh, who else was the Mipo, McCarron, Small? But yeah, that just says it all anyway, doesn't it? Yeah. And then you look at this year's Divine, Arblasty, even Thomas and Kofi, although Thomas, we haven't seen enough of, and obviously has gone back today. Luke's a good player and I think he'll go on to have a good career. I don't think we ever saw the best in him because we played him up front and twatted shit out the ball to his head. Um, whereas actually I think he fit him well now with the new formation we played. And I don't think Kofi's a bad player. However, his confidence is shot because he's made a couple of mistakes in his last couple of appearances. And then Alfie and I speak for themselves, don't they? Yeah. Um, McCarran's, um, he's, Stephen Schumacher seems to be rating him. He came Stokes on, squad. didn't he, in yeah. the cup game? I, I asked my mate who was there, who's a Stoke fan, I said, how did he do? He says, he just came on for many, really, a bit of a non-entity. Well, if, if if he starts playing in the Championship, then that's me done. I think I, I'm quitting football. If he's if he becomes a regular in the Championship. Although players just seem, sometimes they just develop all of a sudden. Remember... Mark Harris being on loan from Cardiff yeah. and was shite, then went back and started scoring goals. And then we saw him at Oxford early in the season until Smithy got him sent off Luke one hell of a play. He was a big lad as well. That was the thing with Mark Harris. Once he's developed into a man, so maybe. So that, maybe that's the difference. I thought he was half decent. I don't think he was brilliant, but I thought he was half decent. But, I mean, Askey decided it wasn't the sort of situation where you want to throw a, a young lad like that into a relegation battle. When he so, took over, Aspin signed him and then left a couple of weeks later, didn't he? You're, you're testing a memory of mine that, that doesn't exist there. Yeah. So long. So just just before we move on to talk Reading, um, Bez, talk to yeah. me about this. The quiz. Talk. 
getting ready for it now, a few weeks away. Who's it sponsored by, Johnny? Ignite with an I. Ignite with an I. Thank you again to Chris and the team at Ignite for sponsoring the quiz. Really looking forward to music quiz and memory of George Andrews. All the funds being raised for the Douglas McMillan. And we're already, Steve is doing a hell of a job and raising some funds already. So thank you to Steve. There will also be auctions on the night. Some we may announce beforehand. There'll be Douglas McMillan will be there, Johnny. They will. They'll be they'll be selling lot the, the the lottery and some instant win scratch cards and stuff like that as well. So they're going to be there helping us out on the night. But I'm going to announce one of the things that we're going to be raffling off. Wow! Drum roll, Be- please. Feeling generous. Feeling generous. Feeling generous. So we have got a signed pair of Connor Ripley's gloves. For the super night. Connor Ripley and goal. Yeah, super Connor Ripley and goal. So that's that's the first one that that we're that we're going to announce. We're going to announce a couple more over the next couple couple of weeks leading up to it. Just so just so if anyone can't make it but knows somebody that's there and fancies a little cheeky can, can help out. But yeah, a pair of Connor Ripley's signed gloves will be auctioned out off on the on the night. Um. Sorry, the big man himself isn't going to be wearing the gloves or else we'd probably make a, a lot more money. But, yeah, there we go. And we've got the quiz. Got got our test run next Friday. So, think, think the ball is rolling. The ball is rolling. The ball is definitely rolling. And we've sold more tables than we did last time. Yeah, yeah, because Tom can't count. Yeah. So, yeah, there's going to be even more people there than last time. So, yeah, really looking forward to it. Bring along some money with you um, because there's going to be stuff on the night as well. Yeah, there is. It, it'll be a laugh, but we, we will also be remembering George Andrews and what he brought to the Vale. And as I've said on here many times, the voice of my childhood. Yeah, and I think the voice of a lot of people's childhoods and younger years that they're obviously going to be there. So it'll be, it'll be fitting. We have, we have got a couple of snippets of his commentary that we'll be playing throughout the night and stuff like that. So if anyone's got any specific memories and have got links to it and they, they'd really like that, in, including them, fire them over. We'll do as best to fit as many as we can in. Um, just so it means that it's obviously a little bit of a little bit of specialness to, to everybody there, isn't it? Yeah. But yeah, there we go. So... We'll move on to the Reading preview, sponsored by Skyline Hosting. Um, they, all your all your website hosting needs, they're doing a thirty percent off at the minute with Ale and Vale thirty. So get yourselves over there. Use the promo code SkylineHostings.co.uk. They do all sorts of um, web-based things like cloud hosting. They they do game servers and and such like. So if you need anything, obviously supported by you supporting a fellow Vale fan. Um, so get yourselves over to skylinehosting.co.uk. And uh, we're in we're we're, we're travelling down to Reading. Um so some some stats here for you both. I know Andy, you like your stats. So we've played we we've we've had versus Reading. We've won 24 games, drawn 14, lost 25. Last five, we've won one, lost four. 
and left five at Reading. We've won two, drew one, lost two. That's so there. That's the tail of the tape going into it. What are you feeling after that, Andy? After after just them them average first stats. It's. I mean, there's something like a twenty odd year gap between. Oh yeah, there is. Yeah, and and probably away from home that that straddles two stadiums and they left Elm Park at the end of the 90s so um, yeah it, it means very little I mean I remember um, Reading being a bit of a, a, a tricky ground Elm Park I remember as conceding a last minute equaliser um, there one year um, I remember Stuart Talbot scoring the winner one year um, and we got a really good win when they won the league and we finished second in 94 so it's yeah it's, it's going to be a tricky game um i think that you look at their points deductions and they're they are on a bit of a false position aren't they although the, the they've had a sort of a funny season where they can beat team beat some decent teams but they can lose to anyone on the day and it, we're not quite sure which reading we'll see um but i, th- I think it's it's, it's going to be a new ground for quite a lot of people, like the fans who weren't around 20-odd years ago the last time we played there. Was it New Year's Day one year? I can't remember. Yeah, um, lost. I think we lost 1-0. Yeah, I think it would have been something like Curitan, probably. or um, Yeah, definitely. Jamie Curitan scored past us for everyone. Yeah, he did. That, that, that's a given. Um, so... It's it's going to be a bit of an event, really. I think it's a lot of gra- it's, it's it's going to be a ground that a lot of people are waiting to tick off with Vale. Um, I'm looking forward to it. Um, it's going to be a decent. Hope, I mean, I, I don't know what sort of crowds are getting. If it's going to be um, a, a bigish sort of atmosphere or what, or whether it's just going to echo around in a bit of a drafty old cold stadium, but. I'm just hoping we can um, raise the levels. Um, you know, performance matches and decent surroundings, and we can um, just just put. Um, what am I trying to say? Um, they're a struggling side. Hopefully, we um, we kick them while they're down. Yeah, and I saw this week Charlie Savage has been linked with moves away from them already. Obviously, they only signed him in the summer. I don't know if anything's materialised out of that yet, but obviously they've got a lot of financial troubles every month. It seems to be that players are either paid late or not paid, and we've got to go and take advantage of that, go and put a performance in and get something from them. And Andy, thinking of Vale players that played for both teams, Tony Rougier, did we did we sign yeah. from Reading? No, we sold him to Reading, I think, on the, Reading. on the day Sign before the season started. Signing from... Was it Hibbs or Wraith? It was, was there someone, someone in Scotland? Yes. Yeah, he might have Scotland. played for Wraith. He might have gone to Hibbs after. Um, yeah. And yeah, I think um, it was Horton would have still been the manager day before um, the start of the 2000, 2001 season. Yeah, it went for about 325 grand, if I remember right. Yeah, roughly about what we bought him for, yeah. Yeah. One of Rudge's last signings, not his last one, but one of one of maybe the penultimate. And then um I think he played one game for Rudge, two maybe. And uh yeah. And Rudge got sacked, Horton came in. Horton seemed to 
it felt like he used him as a bit of a scapegoat, you know, because he was off on an international duty quite a bit. Yes, Trinidad and Tobago. During the relegation season, but he still managed to play more games for us, I think, that season than anyone else um, in the squad. So, yeah, he, he, we got we sold him right on the last day of the summer, the Friday before we um, played Oldham away first game. Yeah, I think and we did the same want... trick with Jave Brown of the year after. Yeah, and if you want to read about Rudgy signing Rouge, get yourselves over to Capital and get a copy of the Rudge book, or go to the Supporters Club meeting, which is on the first Thursday of February. There's sure that coffee's there to buy. Set seven o'clock at Tommy Cheadle's, that is. Um, one for you here, Bez. Ross Joyce is the referee. Oh, I like Joyce. Yeah, he's refed us this season, 0-0 at Blackpool. Yeah, I had a decent game there, what I remember. Did he do one of the two legs against Swindon? Um, I can't remember, if I'm honest. He might have done action. I don't think he had one of his better games then, but overall, Ross Joyce is normally a pretty good ref. Oh, and I used your ref watch for the um, Charlton game. Yeah. And I thought you were all very lenient towards him. I thought he was the worst <laughs> ref we've had this season against Charlton. I thought he was absolutely fucking diabolical. Fair enough. Yeah, I'd, I'd have to agree with that. Go on. He missed two penalty decisions, one for each club, fair enough, but missed two penalties, which are big decisions miss. The line in front of the paddock was a joke. Yeah, he should have booked the Charlton player for diving, who we then booked later in the game, so that should have been a second yellow card, the one that he told get up when he went over. Yeah, he yeah. should have minimum booked the Charlton lad that grabbed Smithy around the throat, but actually laws of the game, that's a straight red, so he should have gone. Um, he brought over the Charlton captain to have a word with one of the Charlton players after he committed two yellow card tackles on their own and didn't book him at that point and kept having a word with the Charlton goalie to hurry up without booking him. So I honestly thought he was one of the, the worst ref we've had this season. He seemed to keep his cards in his pocket for a hell of a long time and then as soon as one came out, he just went mad. Yeah, yeah, I thought he was diabolical. And... I don't know if you know it here, because somebody had Smith by the throat in the first half, and I don't know if it's the same yeah. player, but somebody forearm smashed Smith off the ball second half. I managed to see that um, pretty well. Um, yeah, he, he was just a bit a bit of a shambles, really. Yeah, and, does, and then let's not also forget about stopping Vale with the counter-attack in the last minute of the game where Ripley threw it out to um, Chasey. And yeah. Chesney was through. Now, why did he do that? I honestly think he did that because he knew we should have given a penalty and he thought, shit, these can't go up the other end and score, which is what the Charlton manager alluded to. And I totally agree with that. Wrong. One decision's gone. That doesn't mean you're making another decision to make it right. And also, the other thing I forgot to mention is at one point, Connor Ripley's trying to throw the ball out and Hector stood in front of him and put his arms up to stop him throwing it out. Now, although Connor didn't throw it at him, that's still a yellow card offence because he's delayed the restart of play. On on the yellow card thing when Ripley threw it, and I know that like is that is that not part is that not a problem with the law though? No, could have gone back and booked him after. I thought you can't for dissent. No, you can. Just get on with it and book him after. Uh, I, I thought they changed something that, that was really weird. Is that the se- second yellow, isn't it? Sorry, that is. Second yellow. So, for instance, if you're, well, not you because you've retired now, but let's say yeah. Vale players running through towards goal and gets chopped down 
and the ref blows, gives the free kick, and he's a second yellow, and Vale wants to take a quick free kick. Technically, he should issue the second yellow and send him off before he allows the free kick to be taken. Yeah, or, or he doesn't issue the yellow, isn't it? Correct. Or he can say, actually, you've got a really good advantage here by taking it quick, and he doesn't go back and issue the second yellow. Right. Yeah, it has to be a hell of a, an advantage to be more advantageous than yeah, sending you base, a, you base a, a, an opposition player off. Role, haven't you? Yeah. Yeah, so that's, what, that's what I was being confused about, because I knew there was some funky law that made no sense. Yeah, yeah, it's that one. If he's second yellow, you shouldn't allow the quick free kick unless it's a massive, massive advantage. Yeah. Uh, right, go on then, Bez. Give, give us way. Get yourselves over there. He's got four new races up there. The first one being the parkour five miler. It's not 5K like you thought on the other one. Five mile. Get yourselves over. Get signed up. Get yourselves running. I won't be at that one, but I'm at the Maidley Arps. Get yourself signed up for that one. Um, abtimey.com first goal scorer I'm going to be positive here I'm going to say we've put in three shite away performances would you Gordon I'll go first goal scorer Uchi at Peizu 14 minutes Vale went 2-0 does Uchi get both of them no Willow gets the other okay because that 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 mean Tom would owe 20 quid to the to the quiz yeah so no. he's Uchi on 10 He's on ten at the minute, so yeah, we're we'll, we'll, um, we're hoping to get get him up to the hundred mark by the time by the time the quiz comes in two weeks. So we've got another nine goals in two two games to get. Yeah, because obviously there was no midweek games. No, so I'm being optimistic. Andy, where are you going? Time of the first goal and who? Uh, um, I think it's going to be quite a low scoring, quite a tight game. I think there's going to be one goal on the hour mark. I'm not quite sure who it's for. So I'm going to say 59 minutes and let's say James Wilson because I, he's probably the best bet, isn't it? He'll still be on the pitch at that point as well. Yeah, that's that's probably why I went for the hour mark and not 70 <laughs> or 75. Fair. And Andy, how are you getting to uh, Reading? Um, I'm I'm on that fun bus, aren't I? Yeah, on the fun bus. Yeah. You found coins for the game of dominoes at the other end. Oh God, I forgot about that. Um, <laughs> you're going to teach me the rules? Yeah, we'll teach you. Bring your pound coins along. And Johnny, if you weren't driving, how would you get to ready? Uh, I'm 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 not driving. <laughs> you're not driving. No, but if if I wasn't going in, if I wasn't going in car with other people. Um, I'd, I'd give Andy's taxis a quick ring, see, see what he was doing, see if he could drop us off. Or I'd get him on andystaxis.co online or on his Twitter page, Andy PBFC. Just don't tell him your name's Dicko, otherwise he'd send someone else. Or Jamie. Yeah, but he's done it again on Dicko. Oh, has he? Yeah. Excellent. <laughs> I'm sure he has. One of them. Yeah, I'm sure it's Dicko. One of them's going away very soon and he's already told me he's not driving. Oh. <laughs> uh. There we go then. So, um, I think that's everything. I think we're good. No, Johnny, you haven't got your goal scorer and score. Ah, I haven't. You're right. Um, the good old faithful's coming back. Nathan Smith, 30 minutes, 2 1. 2 1 win, 2 1 loss. 2 1 win. I'm confident. Optimistic, man. Yeah, I'm confident. I think 
we bring it we, we bring back the, the same performance levels as as we did on Saturday. Um cut out some of the sloppiness at the back and we're good. There's there's rumours from the red inside that Smith and Nibs are both out injured. Oh. So that's that's what's making me a bit more confident. And they've said that their their defence has got a mistake or two in them. So that's that, that's that's what's leading me down that route. Whether that's false happiness, we'll see. But yeah, let's let let's go for it. Let's see how it goes. Um, and that is everything. I feel anything. Any more for any more, Andy? I'm starting with you. Anything to add? No, I think I've done. We've what two hours now. I think we've um, yes. more than overstayed a welcome. Very much. Two hours. Yeah, get get you to Reading though. So there you go. Yep. Yeah, getting for two hours. Don't think I'll say is get those going red and get behind the team support. Um, we deliberately haven't talked. Well, I don't know if it's deliberate or not. For me, it is. We deliberately haven't talked about the manager situation tonight. Just go and support the lads, support the team, support the players on the pitch, support the players coming on the pitch. Don't boo them, and let's see what happens. Yeah, got 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 to echo that. And like I say, we we got we've had a lot to cover that that we didn't need to cover the manager situation because we've kind of done that to death. And we 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 from an outside, we know where we kind of are stood with that situation. So let's let's take each game as it comes at the minute. Let's back him and back the boys, and then we 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 see where we're at. So for everyone that's that's going down, safe travels. Um, anyone that's not and watching it elsewhere or listening to it, then enjoy. We'll be back Sunday um, with a with a review. And I think we're good. So have an ale and up the veil. So it's full time from the pod and we've just lost again. And now it's time for a treat. What are you looking for, Bez? Well, I'm looking to who's cost us today. Was it the ref? Was it the players? But whoever it was, Cheer yourselves up. Get yourselves to McDonald's. Get yourself a Big Mac tonight and enjoy it through the app. Johnny? Yeah, there we go. So, order make delivery on, on the app. It's at participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com for more details. And don't forget, have an ale and up the veil. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.